Welcome to the Apologia Podcast, the audio-only archive of the Apologia YouTube channel. Note that some content was designed to go with visuals, but the imagination can be a powerful thing. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a 5-star rating on the podcast app you're using now to help us reach more people. Or, since this endeavor is ad-free, consider going a step further and supporting us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash apologia. But for now, let's get to the episode. Part of the Creation Today Claim series, posted September 3rd, 2019, titled, When Your Dad Calls You Insane. For years, Ben, we haven't even copyrighted our material. We allow people to copy it, to give it away. That's what we want. How do you respond when your dad calls your beliefs insane? Are we talking about my dad? Or are we talking about your dad, Eric? There are those who want you to believe the Earth is billions of years old. They are absolutely insane. You are simply insane. 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 You have to be certifiably insane to really believe such a thing. Welcome to Apologia, where a former Christian takes a look at the claims of Christians. If you're new to the channel, tap on the subscribe button for an alternate take on modern theology, creationism, and Christianity in the news. You haven't seen much of our friend Eric Hovind here on Apologia of late, in part because his Creation Today ministry has been nearly silent on new content since the cancellation of the Bible Q&A podcast last December. But recently, Eric has begun a series where he addresses one audience question per week, and one particular segment struck particularly close to home for me. Today's question is from Kelly. She writes, what do you do when someone in authority over you puts down creation and says they believe in evolution? This happened to me many years ago from my dad. Now, I have three children who I raised in the same fundamentalist, young earth-believing Christian tradition I accepted. It was five or so years ago when I decided to seek scientific information to equip myself to defend my young earth beliefs, and I came to accept the weight of the evidence of a 13.8 billion year old universe, a 4.5 billion year old earth, and that the explanation for the diversity of life on earth is biological evolution. As you can imagine, when I eventually shared this change of mind with my children, it was a very emotionally confusing and stressful time for them, particularly since their mother, grandparents, and other close family and friends continued to affirm the young earth position. But their father, me, who taught them spiritual things as the Bible commands, was now an authority who suddenly disagreed with all the things he had initially taught them all their lives. This tension continues in our relationship to this day. It sounds like question writer Kelly was in a slightly different situation, where they came to believe young earth creation outside of their father's influence. Nevertheless, I feel deep empathy for both Kelly and Kelly's father in this situation. When I said I thought the earth was no more than six or seven thousand years old once, I was treated like I was insane. As I look back on the first days and weeks after my children and other family learned about my abandonment of young earth notions, I was bombarded with questions and arguments and statements of disappointment that in retrospect I wish I'd handled better. In part, this was because I'd been outed against my will, so I was reacting to an ambush rather than thoughtfully crafting a message but also in part because I didn't understand that my new enthusiasm for the science I'd learned was coming across to my loved ones as condescension. They felt that I now considered them intellectually inferior for holding their views. This was absolutely not my intended message, nor in any way how I viewed them. But regardless of my motive, insane is exactly how I made my loved ones feel. I can't help but wonder if Kelly's father may have been similarly misunderstood that the surprise of the disagreement may have prompted a knee-jerk emotional reaction from him, 
rather than a more considered and thoughtful reaction that Kelly deserved. I've learned well that it can be a significant mistake to attribute motives to someone else's words or actions based on how that action made me feel. Words that hurt are not always intended to. Kelly, it breaks my heart that this disagreement on the history of humanity caused you to feel disrespected by your father. I fear and know that I did the same to my children and family. And if any of them happen to be watching this video someday in the future, please allow me to say once again that I'm very sorry for my hurtful words and attitude. I respect you and I love you. And no disagreement on any topic could ever change that. Kelly, thank you for your question. I can tell this isn't just an intellectual issue for you, but it's deeply personal. I want to thank you for being, being willing to ask the question. I'm glad that Eric recognizes this. Kelly is reaching out about damaged self-esteem and a fractured relationship with one of the most important people in her life. She's not asking for a creation seminar today. We do know what it's like to be told we're insane for trusting what many would call an ancient text, okay? What would be inaccurate about calling the Bible an ancient text? These same ancient texts that accurately describe what happened in the past with a global flood. Should people not call it an ancient text? It happens every day to us. It's got to be a little bit harder, though, when it comes from a parent. That is one of the dangers inherent in being a parent, or anyone in authority. Wayward words and actions have the potential to be disproportionately harmful to those entrusted in our care. This fact weighs heavily on me in my interactions with my kids. And while Kelly's father's reaction obviously left a mark, it's possible that it was not intended to do so. Either way, I hope he has a chance to make this right with Kelly one day soon. You know, so often the answer from those who reject biblical creation is just mockery and scorn, calling you insane. First, I think it's important to go back to the original question where Kelly wrote, I was treated like I was insane. Not that their father actually called them insane. We're not talking about internet interactions with strangers on social media here. We're talking about genuine conflict with the most important people in someone's life. There's a chance that this is one person misreading the intentions of the other, so we shouldn't assume. But to your point, Eric, I watch your social media and I know that you do face mockery and scorn for your claims. My videos attempt to engage you calmly and on the basis of factual analysis, but when you put out ideas publicly, you will get a full spectrum of responses. And for what it's worth, I think that mockery can have a place in public discourse. Reducto ad absurdum is a recognized, effective debate tactic, and seeing your own ideas made fun of can prompt introspection for some. And sometimes people are just jerks. Welcome to the internet. That said, I would prefer that such mockery be contained to the ideas presented, and that hurtful mockery is an inappropriate choice for parents in their interactions with their children. And many times it's because they don't actually have any real arguments against it. And there you go again, making assumptions and attributing motives that you can't possibly know to actions. Indeed, on any topic, some people hold an informed position while some people hold an uninformed position. Some people choose to mock those they disagree with, and some people don't. All combinations are possible, including a population of Christians who choose to mock despite being uninformed. They think that there are arguments out there, and they've heard creation mock so much they assume, well, there's just got to be a good reason to mock it. Eric is making unnecessary assumptions about the other person's assumptions. Again, in any mockery circumstance, some mockers will have investigated their subject of scorn, and others may be merely joining in on some fun without full details. But if Kelly is going to have a meaningful dialogue with their father, they should enter into it with a spirit of charity, assuming the best, 
granting him the most charitable interpretation of words and ideas, rather than assuming the least charitable position as Eric does here. Now, when it comes to how we are to respond, the Bible couldn't be more clear. First, have no fear. Don't let it bother you. Easier said than done, I know. Not only is this platitude a difficult one to follow, it's straight up bad advice. If you simply ignore invalidating behavior, it reinforces to the other person that you can continue to be devalued and that you're okay with being treated this way. There is certainly a spectrum of coping strategies to handle your personal feelings when someone does something that bothers you, but merely pretending that it doesn't is a recipe for disaster in any long-term meaningful relationship. And I would encourage Kelly and others in a similar situation to carefully consider what serving God means to them. One of the Ten Commandments is to honor your father and mother. None of the commandments are about correcting science or doctrine. The Jesus of the Gospels cared about relationships more than being correct. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. But let your focus be on serving God and not on what other people say, even when it's your dad. In the case of my own children, I would have to say that they have excelled at this tact. They have continued to love me and honor me daily. Leaving aside our differences on the age of the earth as unimportant in comparison to the value of our overall relationship. And I thank them for that. Next, be prepared to make a defense. The passage in question says, always be prepared to give a defense to those who ask. While I definitely agree that you should be prepared and ready to articulate well-considered reasons for believing what you believe, I'd also agree with the Bible that Kelly might be better served to wait for her father to ask questions, rather than just injecting the topic into conversations on her own volition. Why do you believe the Earth is only six or 7,000 years old? I waited decades before deeply examining the reasons that I believe the Earth was only 6,000 years old, and it is my great desire that people like Kelly don't accept these ideas on pure authority, but instead investigate fully, as I eventually did. And part of any investigation of a position must necessarily include a study of the best arguments against it. If you haven't thoroughly examined both sides, your opinion isn't informed. You can go to both science and scripture to point this out. Kelly doesn't say if their father is a Christian or not, but if he's not, then he's unlikely to consider the Bible a reliable source of information, particularly about matters of science. Stick to the common ground. The age of the earth is a property of the physical world. So fortunately, physical evidence is where we can find the answer. Then ask about his position. What reasons does he have for believing what he believes? In any conversation, this is where I want to begin. Before I start presenting any information or arguments, I want to see where the person I'm talking to is at and determine where we agree and where we differ. It's also a good idea to find out what definitions the other person uses for particular words. If you're not using the same definitions, then you're not going to be able to find common ground. Kelly should start here and ask a lot of questions before getting into their own views. You and he together are probably going to discover that his faith in evolution is actually blind. It's built on what others think, not what he knows. It's possible that Kelly's father is merely accepting the consensus of biologists who've dedicated their lives to the study of life on Earth. This would be an entirely reasonable thing to do. It's impossible for anyone to be an expert in every field of study. What would be more difficult to justify would be a layperson going against the consensus of experts. They could be right, but it would require a very compelling case. That said, it's also possible that Kelly's father is well-versed in the field of biology and has excellent first-hand reasons to accept the reality of evolution. And if Eric wants to use the phrase faith in evolution, it might be important to agree to a definition of faith. It sounds like Eric means belief with a lack of evidence. 
Does he also use this definition when talking about his faith in God? If you make this mistake of saying faith is belief without evidence, then you have unintentionally agreed with skeptics that there is no reason to believe in Christ. Think about that. I believe that if you approach the subject humbly, even apologizing for past times that you've been frustrated and genuinely seek now to understand what he believes and why he believes it. A perfect place for anyone to start a difficult conversation with someone they care about. You're going to be well on your way to helping him discover that he is the one who requires a lot more faith. It sounds to me like you're insinuating that more faith is a negative thing and that less faith would be preferable. Is that correct? I thought the Bible commended faith, Eric. As soon as you agree that faith is something that it, you're believing with no evidence, you're not saying something about your faith. You're saying something about the evidence for Christianity. You're saying there is none. To keep believing that nothing created everything. Eric just advised that Kelly should genuinely seek to understand what their father believes, then proceeded to make an assumption about what he believes. It's unlikely that he believes nothing created everything. That's a three-word phrase with at least three problems. For example, I don't hold that the cosmos has ever been in a state of absolute nothing. It appears that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. And the more we learn about quantum physics, the more the philosophical concept of nothing seems impossible. Further, the word creation unnecessarily begs the question of a creator. Things emerge and things are caused that have no creator and therefore are not creations. When the rain falls, the puddles that emerge are not creations. I put the universe into such a category of things. And it's possible Eric and I even disagree on the scope of everything. He talks about time, space, and matter, but such things are within our universe. What lies beyond our universe is currently beyond the scope of what we can know or measure. Speculation is mere speculation. I don't believe that nothing created everything, and Kelly's father probably doesn't either. And without a real, valuable conversation, we can't really know. If you're going to seek to understand another person, or even pretend to, you shouldn't start assuming such things. The Bible tells us to honor our father and mother, and here it tells us to answer with gentleness and respect. You can make an argument without starting a fight. It's also possible to honor your father and mother by choosing not to argue about the age of the earth. This is a matter where well-meaning, devout Christians around the world have chosen to agree to disagree. Many Christians accept the old earth. Given that, it seems like a mistake to force the issue in the confines of a family. If Kelly's father wants to talk about it, then they should do so with gentleness and respect, as Eric suggests. But in my family, we've come to a truce on the age of the earth question, instead focusing our relationships on other more relevant topics. Also, to honor and respect your parent, you would have to show the humility to acknowledge that it's possible that you are wrong and that they are right. That perhaps they could know things that you don't know. Remember, you're not defending yourself or your feelings or trying to win a debate. Your ultimate goal is to share the truth with someone that Jesus died and rose again to save them. As a Christian, your ultimate goal may be salvation of another, but your ultimate path to accomplishing this isn't by sharing data. It's by having a loving, respectful relationship. Just before Jesus was arrested, he said, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples, if you love one another. Again, Jesus gives no commands about insisting upon particular scientific opinions. Before you do anything, pray. Ask God to give you wisdom and ask the Holy Spirit to open your dad's heart to the truth. If truth is the extent to which a proposition conforms to reality, 
It shouldn't matter if a person's heart is open to it or closed to it. Truth is independent of our attitudes or wishes. A sufficient demonstration of the reality will overcome feelings. After all, it is our job to provide a defense to those who ask. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit to renew a mind and change a heart. Yes, exactly. Kelly needn't worry about their father's heart, mind, or soul, if any of those are even things. Intellectual arguments about the age of the earth can't do anything to save someone without the Holy Spirit. One idea you may consider, ask for an opinion on a short article or a blog that references something in which he takes an interest already. Finding common interests is definitely a great strategy for relationship building in general. However, only ask someone's opinion on something if you genuinely want to know their opinion. Be sure to make your conversation a dialogue, not just an excuse to give a lecture. Don't ask if you're not open to having your mind changed when presented with new information. A good way to do that is by going to searchcreation.org. It's a search engine that only searches the top Christian apologetic websites in the world. This is a site I use all the time and I absolutely love it. It also happens to be a website created by your company, Eric. Your endorsement is the equivalent of Mark Zuckerberg telling us how much he enjoys Facebook. And yes, you heard right. It's a search engine that includes results only from Young Earth Creation websites. Because shielding oneself from dissenting opinion is somehow a virtue to Eric. When you live a life filled with the fruit of the Spirit, no amount of intellectual arguments can come against you. What does that even mean, no amount of intellectual arguments can come against you? Is the idea that intellectual arguments are the enemy of young earth creationism? That intellect is something for Kelly to be afraid of? More charitably, is this meant to reassure Kelly that the truth is on their side? If so, I would encourage Kelly that they should value and desire the truth no matter what it is. And the facts will indeed always support the truth. So seek the facts without fear. Like, for example, go ahead and use a search engine that returns all the results, not just the ones that already agree with you. Kelly, and anyone else out there who finds themselves in these circumstances, I hope this thought and these passages empower you. If a young person is being ridiculed by a parent, they don't need advice on how to prove the parent wrong. They need emotional support on how to cope, how to set boundaries, how to earn respect, how to heal this important relationship, and possibly how to cope if their relationship is currently beyond repair. Left glaringly unaddressed is that Kelly may well be a minor who is legally, physically, and financially reliant on their father. This changes the whole dynamic. Pressing a particular ideology may well cause Kelly real-world repercussions that might be best avoided until Kelly is an independent adult. I'd love to hear how your future encounters go as you implement these ideas with the people you talk to. Better yet, please don't take Eric's terrible advice on coping with disapproval from an authority figure. He seems more interested in promoting his ideology and website. Hey, if this has been helpful, hit like and subscribe. And of course, we love your comments. Do you really love our comments? Because the comment section is closed. By the way, sharing this video on your social media would make our entire team, based on your pointing, both members of the team, do a little dance for joy. Thank you. Ah, good old young European businessman dancing in circle with colleagues at office party, celebrating career promotion, slow motion from the Storyblock stock footage service. Don't think I didn't notice your new B-roll game, Eric. Nice. Hey, if you have questions, send them into questions at creationtoday.org. If you're going to answer all the questions as poorly as you did this one, looks like I got a lot of work ahead of me. But until then, I've already addressed a lot of Eric's bad ideas, like these videos here. Until next time. Later.